Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And this is Books and Bagels. before we get into our main book for this week, let's go over some of this week's reads. So once again, I have a lot of homework, so I did not finish a book, but I'm halfway, I lied. I'm like a quarter through Today, Tonight, Tomorrow by Rachel Lynn Solomon, and I really like the writing style so far. I think that's probably the strongest point of the book. Um, So yeah, hopefully it continues being good. Speaking of Rachel and Solomon, this week I read The X Talk, which is her latest book. Um, I personally believe that she is one of the coolest, one of the best YA contemporary authors. Nobody is doing the romance game like she is. Um, And this book was actually her first adult romance. Um, And it is about Shay, who works at a public radio station in Seattle. And in order to save her studio, she starts the podcast, The X Talk, where she and her work nemesis, where she and her work nemesis, Dominic, give out relationship advice posing as exes, because they kind of have that like ex banter type situation. The only problem is that Shay and Dominic aren't actually exes. They just have good ex chemistry. Um, I love this book. I thought that their chemistry was written so well, like, just even in, like, the beginning when she's kind of, like, outlining her hatred for him. I'm like, you like him. Shut up. Um, And they were really cute together. And I thought that, I don't know. So often I I read, like, romances about, like, older people, and I feel like they aren't real. Like, their lives are just too, like, cutesy, I suppose. Um, but I thought that she did a good job. I mean, like, I'm not an adult, so I can't necessarily speak to the realities of adult life, but she addressed, like, some of the anxieties I think that, like, people have when they're younger, which is, like, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life, and how do I know when I'm doing the right thing, and, like, you know, all of those big existential questions, um, that Shay really struggled with, which I really appreciated. And of course, Shay was Jewish because Rachel and Solomon is always delivering. Um, And lastly, I thought the ending was really, really well done um, without spoiling kind of what happens, obviously. Um, I did not expect her to end in the way that it ended. And it was, I think that like the way that she ended it, I want to say how it actually ends so badly, but it's fine. The way that she ended it was like really good and it felt mature to me. I don't know like how to explain that. But it seemed like the better choice, given that it was like a story about a person who could easily be living among us. Anyway, um, and overall, I would give it a 4.95 stars. This week, Sam and I decided that instead of talking about a book that we love, we are going to talk about a book that we, for lack of better terms, hate. Catcher in the Rye. The book follows the one and only Holden Caulfield, a boy who is determined to be as edgy as humanly possible. If you're thinking, no, he couldn't be that edgy, he's trying. Anyway, he begins the book by running away from his boarding school, and the rest of the book kind of follows him on his various rich boy shenanigans, uh, masked as the quintessential teenage experience, which unfortunately, they're not. And so normally we would give you a rundown on the characters, but there is literally only one important character, and that is the Holden that we previously uh, introduced, and he is super bratty, and he, in all caps, 
hates society. He is not like the other girls and he makes sure you know that. You know, he is just as quirky with the capital Q but lowercase u and the pattern as follows as he can be. The first thing we're going to talk about is how Holden is just kind of not a great guy. I don't know. I I kind of hate him. I don't know. It it was weird because as I was reading the book, uh, it was advertised to me as how every teenager acts and how every teenager should be experiencing life. And, you know, Sam and I are both teenagers. And so, yeah, you know, I assume that Sam was also reading this and going, well, I'm a teenager and this is not my quintessential life experience. No, I, I don't act like a, a rabid raccoon in front of my other human beings. I don't do that, yet Holden does. Because Holden has no sense of self-worth. And he, that is reflected in everything that he does. Yeah, I mean, you want to read a book with a character who's flawed. Because, like, Mary Sue's, they're annoying. Everybody knows that. Everybody's like, mm, no. Because real people are flawed human beings. However, I think there is a threshold <laughs> for the amount of flaws I would like to see in the character I'm reading. <laughs> I would prefer them to not have literally all of the flaws. Like, there should be some likable qualities, <laughs> some relatability. Um, apparently, that memo was not read by J.D. Salinger, who just vomited of a character from what I can only assume is the dark depths of his soul. Um, and sort of as Sydney touched on, I think using uh, words that I would consider a little understated, um, Holden is just not a good person <laughs> and not relatable at all. And I kept thinking like, am I missing some part of like teenage life that I'm supposed to like experience wherein I scream at a girl I'm trying to impress at an ice skating rink? Like, was there some sort of like large Gen Z um, just message about experiencing this that I missed out on? The funny thing is, is that if Holden went to our high school and I saw him walking down the hall, I would turn around and I'll walk the other way. I want no interaction with this man. Like, unless that interaction is stepping on his foot, I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. The way he treats other people, I'm just like, oh my God, no wonder no one likes you. Yeah, like, obviously, homeboy is depressed, which is addressed in the end when he's in a psych ward, which good for him feel like therapy is something that every male character from that was written in the 20th century should experience. Um, shout out to you, Lord of the Flies children. But um, yeah, I just, I felt like it was like, I don't know, like dishonest almost. Like, I just want to know what J.D. Salinger's life was like as a child. Like, if he experienced like a great deal of trauma and was left extraordinarily depressed like I understand that I mean like that's understandable but Holden is just taking that to the max like this guy is mean to people who 
like there's just no like they didn't even do anything wrong for the sake of being like they're quote unquote phony which is like what um like this girl as i the aforementioned receiver of the skate rank yell um is just vibing like yes she's stuck up and i would also probably make fun of her but like she's getting yelled at in public like that's horrible like you don't have to like i understand being like i don't want to vibe with society because i don't like it and it's just you know not my cup of tea but like being mean to other people is so unnecessary (laughs) hot take yeah Yeah, i feel like there is a line that was crossed between writing a depressed character and writing a character who needs to like go to some sort of social interaction class like I don't I don't know what you would call that but a class where they put you in a room with other people and you learn how to have a civil conversation like you know you you learn you walk up and you shake their hand you don't walk up and scream in their face I mean it's it's new it's incredible groundbreaking but it is something that is things that holding could use yeah and I do you know as kind of mentioned before Holden is made out to be this like traditional teenager like what every teenager is feeling but can't express and I would like that statement amended I think that statement should be amended to boys who think that they're cool white boys who think that they're cool experience this now I am not a white boy so I can't speak for that experience but I can say that literally I don't know a single girl who could relate to Holden a single girl or non-binary person or like anybody who's you know like Holden is Holden because of his privilege like he is Holden because he's a boy like yes girls experience rage girls have more of a right in my opinion to experience a ton of rage towards a society that for the large part does not treat them like equal human beings. But Holden is like, oh, my life is horrible. I have all of this money and all of this opportunity and I'm not gonna use any of it. And instead I'm gonna be mad at everyone. I don't know, it just made me angry. Once again, this will be another plug for everyone to read The Bell Jar, which I think should replace Catcher in the Rye in schools everywhere because that depicts what I think to be a better portrayal of mental illness written by somebody who has had a cat, like a long history of mental illness and depression, Sylvia Plath, and talks about like being a woman, talks about making hard choices when you're a woman. And I think that that's something that everybody could relate to, even if you don't identify as a woman. I also think that a lot of the decisions that Holden made, I don't think he would have made them if he didn't have his like penthouse apartment two blocks down the street and like knew that if if he really needed to, he could run home at any time and be like, mommy, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And she'd enroll him in another private school. And because he, he did some weirdly risky things for some like 17 year old with $50 to his name like I was like dude what where is your rationale like do you are you are you using the brain or does it is it just is it there for style now you know um 
And I feel like he had the security to go and run away home and be like, mom, I made a mistake. Save me. You know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that like, I would like to read a bit more about J.D. Salinger, because I think that it's hard to sympathize with someone who has so much, like so much. And literally there is nothing, no system in the world that is not supporting him, that he doesn't benefit from. Maybe except for like ableism, because obviously he's not like, he's disabled um, or mentally ill. But um, like, I don't know. It's just difficult to be like, I can vibe with this person who is making stupid decisions, not even realistic stupid decisions, but over the top, headache inducing stupid decisions just for the sake of being not like the other girls. You can't make some of this stuff up. Some of this stuff has to be biographical. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? I just want to know what what kind of what kind of teenagehood did he have? I, I want a sit-down conversation with him. You know, grab a cup of joe. We sit in a cafe. And I say, are you okay? Like, do you, do you, do you need me to call a therapist? And he'll say, I think calling the therapist is the right option here. And I'll say, I thought that too. And then he'll pay for my coffee because I don't have money. So now we are going to talk about just like the overall sort of plot and writing of the book, not so much the characterization of Holden, but just like, what what happened here, man? Um, and so the first thing that I want to address is my annoyance with, not the plot, which I also have an annoyance with, the writing style. And not just the writing style, but the specific overusage of words. There were some words that popped up there. I don't know, I didn't count, but probably... 10 20 times the word phony came up so often that i just wanted to throw my book across the room every time i read that word like jd salinger i'm sure he lived near a library he could find a thesaurus he could find a dictionary and he could look up a word similar to phony to replace half of the phonies and i guess that that and I know there was something going on in like Holden's brain that like made him only use the word phony to describe people. But honestly, he could have shown that not using the word phony so many times. Like he could have shown it with less phony usages. I hate the word. It wasn't even like you'd be like, oh, Sydney, are you overreacting? Did he use it like once a chap? No. Five times a page. And, like, I think I I kind of addressed this earlier in, like, the head and ache-inducing bad decisions. But reading this book literally gave me a migraine. Like, it was impossible to tell when things were happening, like, in the present versus flashbacks or, like, random tangents. Um, There was, like, no differentiation. Also, like, every single sentence was so wordy and, like, just like trekking up a hill to get through. Like, I don't even know how to describe the writing style other than muddy, if that makes any sense. Like, it just felt like somebody to be like, JD, like, get an editor. I just Googled it. Like, phony is used 35 times by the, ma- just by the main ca- character, Holden. 
Yeah. I, I don't know how many times it was used not by Holden because he's kind of like the only one who talks. But <laughs> Holden said the word phony yeah. 35 times on like an 100 page book. Yeah. I mean, is anybody really surprised? No. And then our other problem with the writing style was with, like the plot de- development. Did I just take like five minutes to come up with the word development? Our, our other problem with the writing yeah. style was the development of the, the overall plot. Um, this book was so long for how much plot went on. It was comparatively to other books, it was fairly short, but there were like three meaningful scenes and two character developments happened in the entire book and yeah like this could have been cut down so much i volunteered to edit this book and slice out like half of the pages half of them gone never to be seen again you will get the same amount of story you will waste so much less time i suppose to all those who have to read this book for english class i am so sorry me too (laughs) we feel your pain we feel your pain and to all those who were thinking, mm, sounds famous, I'll read it, don't. don't does not deserve read. the t- title of a classic. No, it doesn't. Well, it's a classic because it was written by a white man a long time ago. Doesn't mean it deserves so. it. True, 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 true. So yeah, avoid this book at all costs. Avoid this book like it has the coronavirus. Because it probably does. Holden would definitely not be social distancing. I just want to. He slept in like a train station. Yeah. I have my house like two blocks down there. I could stay with my teacher like two blocks over there. I'm going to sleep in a train station. Yeah, terrible hygiene. Terrible hygiene. So as always, because this is Books and Bagels, we like to end our show with by giving this book a bagel, a song, and a out of five star rating. Um, so the bagel I would give this book is a Starbucks bagel because they are overhyped by people who, have, who do not know what a good bagel tastes like, okay? They're not good. The only reason they are kind of good is because sometimes you put butter on them. They're just, they're bad bagels made by people who don't know how to make bagels. Um, And so I think that that's, that that is this book. Um, For a song, I'll say Feel It Still, which is just maybe like the worst song I've ever heard. No shade out there if you're like, that's my favorite song. Like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's a bad song and it's just repetitive. And that's like the vibe of this book. And then lastly, an out of five star rating, a 1.5. I mean, it had some interesting parts and like sometimes you felt for Holden, but the rest of it was like, okay. Okay. Um, so for my bagel, I am going to give it a pizza bagel because pizza bagels, so many people told me that they were good and I tried one and I did not like it. 
it just was not my thing. I don't know. And I know a lot of people do like it. And I know a lot of people like Catcher in the Rye because, you know, I wouldn't hear so many people say it's a good book if people didn't like it. Unless everyone's just like lying to me. I don't know. Maybe there's a huge plot. A collective plot that I don't know about. (laughs) So I would give it a pizza bagel because it's not not it, man. Um, I would give for a song that dance monkey song that was trending in like late 2019 early 2020 the one's like dance monkey dance you know that one because it was played on the radio so much that someone must have liked the song every time it came on I wanted to just like rip my eardrum out and never put it back in you know just it was so annoying such a such a pain the song was phony uh-huh. And finally, I'm going to give this like a two out of five stars because there were like, I don't know, what's the redeeming quality of this book? It had words. There we go. Yeah. The book had some words on the page and that is more than I can say for some of the books out there. So, and the words formed sentences that were 99% of the time grammatically correct. So there are some points there. Books and bagels in the morning. As always, if you have any author recommendations, book recommendations, or anything related to books and or bagels that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email us at bagelsandbookspodcast at gmail.com. 